You've heard the headlines. Get some perspective now with Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Hey, good morning and a happy Thursday to you. We're going to jump right into the show, taking a look at the historic impeachment vote yesterday. The lead. Yeah, the impeachment saga ended yesterday with the president of the United States being acquitted in the Senate. And as expected, Arizona Senator Martha McZally voted to acquit. While there was speculation that Arizona Senator Sinema may split her vote, though she followed party lines and voted to convict on both charges. The president this morning claiming victory and is expected to speak at 10 a.m. We will carry that live for you here right on KTIR. Yeah, so for all of the, um, what do I want to say, the, the, the drama, the buildup, will they, won't they, will she, won't she, uh, when it comes to voting, the vote went pretty much party line. I don't really After know. Everything. But I mean, there wasn't a huge buildup of will they, won't they. It was more of a buildup of will she, won't she. For me, at least. Kirsten Cinema, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm referring to. You know, I, I thought that there was a strong possibility that she would split the vote. Okay. Um, and, you know, vote to acquit on one and vote to, to convict on the other. She stayed with party lines and voted to convict on both. As far as Senator McSally is concerned, we knew that she was going to vote to acquit on both. No big news there. No, she was never a maybe. What I thought was interesting, but, though. But we uh, both said that we thought it was certainly plausible that... Senator Cinema would would split yeah. in the sense of yeah. there are two articles of impeachment and that she would uh, uh, try to straddle the fence. Sure. She didn't. Show that she's a true maverick. What I thought was, was a little bit different, though, is following the acquittal of the president of the United States, Senator Martha McSally sent out a prepared statement. And in it, she said, quote, the president is not perfect. And the way he evidently attempted to address his legitimate concerns about corruption involving the Bidens was inappropriate. This gets back to the point that I've been making all along, your favorite favorite host here. There is no dispute on the facts. The facts of the case were indisputed. The testimony was not refuted. The documents were not refuted. The facts are what they are. If you looked at the facts and said he did something wrong, but I don't believe he should be removed from office, I would argue there's a principled position. Okay, didn't rise to that level. My problem was with the people. Mitch McConnell's one of them said he didn't do anything wrong. Really? Okay, well, then let's keep having more witnesses and more facts. But what's it? I mean, in essence, what Senator Martha McSally is saying is what you said you're okay with. What he did was inappropriate, but it didn't rise to the level of impeachment and removal from office. The president, meanwhile, is calling it a perfect call. The president, meanwhile, is saying he did nothing wrong. And I wonder, you know, if, if he'll get upset with some of the senators, the Republicans that are saying what he did was wrong, but it didn't rise to the level of removal from office because he he's going on like he's just going on a tirade right now. He he being the president of the United States and the person who is solely in his crosshairs would be that one Republican senator, Mitt Romney. This one, you know what, I probably should have seen coming. But I was more focused on Arizona Senator Martha McSally, or yeah, excuse me, Mar- uh, Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema. Okay, 
when we got, I mean, we really, we got off the air yesterday at noon and the cryons on all the television stations, the crawlers were saying, you know, breaking news, Mitt Romney will vote to convict. And I was like, wow, didn't see that one coming. I should have, mm-hmm. you know, he was the one that was spearheading the witness vote in the Senate. He was the one that was trying to give other Republicans cover to vote for witnesses. And so he came out yesterday. Every senator got 10 minutes before they voted to state their piece on the floor of the Senate. And in that 10 minutes, here's a little bit of what Republican Senator Mitt Romney, who voted to convict the president, the only one who did, had to say on the floor of the Senate. The historic meaning of the words high crimes and misdemeanors. The writings of the founders and my own reasoned judgment convince me that a president can indeed commit acts against the public trust that are so egregious that while they are not statutory crimes, they would demand removal from office. Romney went on to say that uh, his faith, he, he brought his faith into his speech and his decision as to why he felt the president needed to be convicted. Take a listen. I'm sure to hear abuse from the president and his supporters. Does anyone seriously believe that I would consent to these consequences other than from an inescapable conviction that my oath before God demanded it of me? Now, follow this through. I I think he's possibly of 100 senators, 99 cast a vote that was in their political best interest. And one, Mitt Romney, cast a vote that was his personal held beliefs. That it was and it was not a political vote because this vote does not help him politically. Everyone else voted for their political future. I I I think listen, you can think what you want about Mitt Romney. I've never thought Mitt Romney was a liar. I've never thought he was a bad person. Uh I thought he would have been a good president when he ran for president. He has conducted himself his entire life as a a decent, honest person. I believe him. I don't think he started lying yesterday. But he's probably the only one. What's interesting as to how things unfold is you have Mitt Romney on the floor of the Senate yesterday talking about his faith and how that played into his decision to convict the president of the United States. Fast forward to this morning. The president of the United States is at a prayer breakfast where he is now taking Mitt Romney to task. Sources tell ABC that President Trump is livid that Republican Senator Mitt Romney voted guilty on one article of impeachment. Romney becomes the first senator in history to vote to remove a president from their own party. The president late Wednesday night tweeting, quote, had failed presidential candidate Mitt Romney devoted the same energy and anger to defeating a faltering Barack Obama as he sanctimoniously does to me, he could have won the election. The president and his team worked hard to lock down Republican support and wanted to get some Democrats to vote to acquit, but that didn't happen. Yeah. What would Jesus do at the prayer breakfast? He would he would uh, treat it as Festivus in the airing of grievances. And again, it is a little bit rich to have someone stand up at the prayer breakfast who cheated on his pregnant wife with a porn star uh, to claim that Mitt Romney is using his uh, hiding behind his religion, for lack of better terms, falsely. When, again, right or wrong, you can you can think Mitt Romney's a, a bad person for his policies, but he's always put his religion in the forefront. It's always been who he is, and it's always, I would argue to his credit, he says, where 
his guiding principles come from. I can agree or disagree with it, but I believe and his actions have backed that up. At the prayer breakfast this morning, this is the National Prayer Breakfast, President of the United States said, quote, I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong, nor do I like people who say, I pray for you when they know that's not so. So many people have been hurt and we can't let that go on. Yeah, comes from the person who has Zero history whatsoever of any religion in their life. And the only person that they put above themselves is themselves. Do you really? Is there any chance whatsoever that that Trump has any belief in religion? There is none. Are you kidding me? That is that is hilarious in and of itself. There is no way. And so if he gets to question Mitt Romney's religion. Guess what? I question his. I think he is an atheist to his core, to his core. And he wraps himself in religion in order to garner political votes. So we've heard from the president of the United States a little bit this morning at that national prayer breakfast, also holding up a newspaper with a headline scrawled across the front page, acquitted. And the president uh, yesterday, his first post tweet, I guess you could say, um, after the acquittal, he, you know, it was this really weird tweet about uh, he kept saying like you know it had like four like four E V A Eva forever okay and it was this Trump video forever. yeah it was this video of you know like Trump twenty twenty and then okay. it was like twenty twenty four and twenty twenty eight and twenty thirty two president it, for life yeah and it, yeah, kind of what that was yeah. you know, alluding to again he puts himself above all others so that that was the first you know, that, that was the, the the first post you know acquittal tweet. Of President of the United States, but we will be hearing from the president today at 10 o'clock. He is expected to step to the mic and give us his thoughts oh, yeah. on what has transpired in this country. I would venture to say over the last and raving, three days. Right? I'm, I'm kind of going down the middle here. Yeah, and uh, and we will be carrying that live for you here on KTIR. We are expecting that around 10 o'clock this morning, but as with any kind of political speech from anybody, it can also be a little bit later. So uh, again, 10 o'clock here on KTIR, we're carrying that live. So if I go back in the way, way back machine, I seem to remember there was like the, what's it, like the, the, the presidential fit, physical fitness. And you, Did you ever, do you remember taking I, re- I vaguely I remember, remember this, right? Yeah. And you had to do certain things. It was elementary school level. You got a certificate if you passed, right? You could do a certain number of push-ups or run laps around the gym or whatnot. Well, California, that's right. The People's Republic of California is canceling their physical fitness test for kids. We'll tell you why. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. I think it's fair to say that that we have a reasonable concern over the the health of of youngsters, the physical fitness, if you will, the the concern about an ever-growing nation of couch potatoes, right? We've heard that. So why, why is California considering getting rid of their student fitness tests? Yeah, this kind of goes against everything that they're saying here. For the last five years, as they measure these, the number of fifth graders who have been scoring healthy in like the aerobic category, think about running a, a timed one mile. Okay. okay? Yeah. The, the number what's, of what's chasing me, by the way, over this one mile, because that's really <laughs> going to have a, that's going to have a real big impact on how fast I run. 
The bigger it is, the faster I am in a mile. So the number of fifth graders who are, who are passing it has dropped. Uh-huh. Dropped uh, about 3.5%. Number of seventh and ninth graders, it's dropped about 4.5%. And what you're also seeing is the percentage of students that they, they identified as needing improvement or having some sort of health risk has gone up by 3.5%, 4.5%, and 3.5% for, again, those fifth, uh-huh, uh-huh. seventh, and ninth graders. So your solution... Right, right, right. To health scores dropping and health risk increasing is to put a pause on the fitness test. Okay, why would they want to do this? Well, Bruce, bullying. What do you mean bullying? It's about bullying. You mean kids that can't pass the test are being singled out and made fun of? No, no, no. That's not the argument that they're making. The argument that they're making is that these tests discriminate against who the disabled and that's horse hockey non-binary students what does non-binary have to do with physical fitness great question apparently like to me it has nothing to do with physical fitness but they're not related one of the measurements color Right. One of the measurements that they have for these fitness tests is your BMI, your body mass body mass index, index right? And really, that's calculated by you know your weight and your height. Height, weight, and you also have to check the box, male or female. And that's because males are more. Women have more fat. Are we more density? Well, we have more fat. I mean, really, just the, literally, yeah. Okay. You guys can get a lot leaner by the than way, women. Pamela can. said that, not me. Pamela it's, said women are more fat. It, it's biological. It's like it or not, it's a fact. And I'm the woman saying it, so that meh. Um, and if you're a guy transitioning to a girl, okay, and you check check a box as a girl or you're, a guy, you're going to have a lower BMI I, you know, on the female scale than you would on the male scale. I think they they pulled something reaching for this, but, and it's but absolutely how many people are actually impacted by the? And again, if you're disabled you in any way, shape, or form, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be. Yeah, no one's holding you to a. <laughs> How can you run, run, mile. run the mile no. and, and, and yeah, and you have a physical disability? Nobody, no, no, that's not an issue. And I don't know how you're getting bullied for that because if if that was happening during you were the physical getting bullied anyway. gym class, yeah, you're in a wheelchair or you have a, a, a you know a problem with a leg or something. And they're making, they're not, it's not the physical fitness test. I'm into like health and fitness sure. and wellness and all of those things. And if you were to tell me my BMI is 24. Okay. I'd go in. You'd what? Say, like on a scale of what? Yeah, I, I don't even know. And I mean, sure, I could Google it and look at it and this, I that, would and agree. I don't think most people know. I don't know, know what BMI, what a good BMI or what a, a bad BMI well, is. Because there's so, also, so, uh, there's a lot of gray in a BMI because it is a rough calculation and people are built differently and the other aspect of that is you're big boned it's not as though so were the dinosaurs i wouldn't assume that they line everybody up in a gym class they pull out like the the a tape measure or whatever and and they throw your bmi up onto a big screen where they're ranking <laughs> you, kids you have to stand yeah! underneath it so, <laughs> people either apply thumbs up or thumbs down hey good for you fatty bumbleatty this is something that i would assume is given to you in private or in an email you or see, something it's so in unless private. unless you're given it and you share it amongst yourselves like how is that bullying but but isn't the more obvious thing Go back to fifth grade. Where were you in fifth grade, Pamela? What was the name of the school? It was still, it was Haynes School Elementary. Haynes Elementary. Mm -hmm. I'm at Marshall Elementary in Tucson. 
and you're having to run the mile around the track or around the playground, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it obvious who's out front and sprinting and they barely have sweat? And who, after the first 30 feet, is sucking wind, stopping everybody? Isn't that shaming in some way, shape, or form? I mean, some people are good runners and some of you can't run it. There all. is a problem with health in this country. And adults are passing on their unhealthy habits to their kids. The cost of health care is exploding in this country because of so much of the lifestyle choices people the, the, the are choosing. Yeah. And to run away from that because the BMI may impact somebody, then take away the BMI. I even can concede I don't understand I don't it. Understand. I don't know the value of telling that to I'm a child. You. But to take away the test because you said they're being bullied, then deal with the bully. And then help kids make healthier decisions because let me tell you, we're heading in the wrong direction here and getting rid of these tests. Bad idea. So there are a lot of indicators out there that tell you how well the economy is doing. Uh, low unemployment, high yeah, yeah, yeah. stock market, right? Sure. These are these are positive indicators. Metrics, yeah. There's no qualification. So why? Why are a large percentage of Americans unable to cover a four hundred dollar emergency expense can both be true we're talking about it next on arizona's news station arizona's news station ktar news on 92.3 fm get some perspective bruce st james and pamela hughes so there are a lot of uh, indices, indicators of a healthy economy, uh, a growing economy, low unemployment, high stock market. These are indisputable facts. They are numbers. It is math, I'm told, and I will accept it at face value. But is everybody benefiting from it? Only reason I bring that up is there is a new survey out there of, of it's pretty good sample size that says... Two out of five of you, don't even make me, what percentage is that? 40%. Seriously? Mm-hmm. 40% of you say you would struggle to pay an unexpected $400 bill, uh, 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 an expense, car broke down, medical, whatever, because that doesn't seem to be in line with happy days are here again. Like those two things, can they, can they both exist at the same time? Yes. When you talk about happy days or here again, obviously, I think you're talking about like low unemployment and stock market up, even though it's been a little rocky, I think, due to coronavirus over the last few weeks. But overall, it's the economy is booming, right? We heard it in the State of the Union speech. We have heard it um, through, you know, a lot of um, on the campaign trail. and, And but it's one of these things where define booming and define the economy. Okay. Because the economy is my bank account. The economy is Fair my enough. wallet. Fair enough. That's the economy. Sure. Your it's, economy. It's for everybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. You look at it through your own perspective. And not everybody is involved in the stock market. The idea that everyone has a 401k or is okay. investing is a falsehood. So I wanted to know the number. I, did, I went to the Google machine, and it's, uh, it's, it's apparently just, just under half of American adults are invested in the stock market. 401k, IRA, whatever, you know, stocks and bonds. So half aren't. So the, 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 the stock market going up or down doesn't affect half of the people out there in the sense of their retirement, their investments, their net worth. Sure. 
And then when you look at the unemployment rate, which it is fantastic right now, really, if like if you want a job, you should be able to find one. And if you want a better job, you should be able to find one. But we're also not looking at you know, what kind of jobs if and I'm not trying to be disparaging, but if you're working at a fast food restaurant, you're considered employed. You are. You're very. But yeah. you're not going to get rich off of that. You're not going to. You probably don't have a four hundred one k. And you might not have the four hundred dollars to cover yeah. an emergency res- uh, expense. So you, it's kind of you, you got to dig below the so headline. Twenty five percent of the same people said they don't even have a savings account. Wow. A quarter of Americans have. Z- what, what, they have, uh, I'm going to assume they have a checking account or they have a bank. They don't have a savings account. Well, there's a lot of the unbanked out there. That too. There's a lot of the, and that's why you know when you you hear of businesses that won't accept cash, it impacts that population. But will this year be any different? Hmm. You know, they say 80 percent of folks plan on stepping up their savings game this year. Uh, planning is one thing. Doing is another. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like losing weight. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. That's hard. Are you going to actually put in the work to make it happen? Saving money is hard. Are you actually going to put the work in to do it? Because it is the, you know, I'm, I'm sounding very basic. It is the basic concept of delayed gratification. Sure, it's the marshmallow uh, test. Uh, yeah. The what? The marshmallow test. Can you delay your gratification for the marshmallow? They do this with kids. Wow. You know, if you wait a little bit, you can have two marshmallows uh-huh. or you can have that one marshmallow now. Give me the now. marshmallow right now. Yeah, marshmallow. And, and you can see if, if kids are good with delayed are gratification. They, are they the one marshmallow kid yeah. or are they the two And if you right can delay gratification, later. they say that, you know, that your child will be more successful. Just like as adults, if you can delay well, gratification. 25% yeah. of you are apparently on the one marshmallow plan. Give me my marshmallow right now. And there is no delayed gratification. Having said that, Pamela, I can also acknowledge that some people say, I don't have enough to save. The money that I make go for the roof over our head and food in our bellies and the idea that we are you know, living high on the hog and not saving money. I can acknowledge there's some people out there like that, but probably not everybody. Some of you are uh, not making good choices. Yeah, and that's where you take a look at where your money is going and you make your money work for you. It's being very tactical with it. And, you know, this is where I want this money to go. This is where I want this money to go. This is where I want this money Mm. to go. And what do I have left over? If you have anything left over. And one of the areas that the money you should intentionally want it to go is to save for a rainy day because as Dave Ramsey says, he comes on after us right here on KTAR. You got to have that rainy day fund because someday, guess what? It is going to rain. Will rain at some but point. I find it interesting that you've got the top reason for starting a savings account is to cover an emergency event, 50%. 48% want financial freedom. Then you look at 43% are looking to save money for the kids' college. And 41% want to save money for retirement, which is good. Yeah. But if you can't save and you can't cover a $400 unexpected expense, yeah. you're not saving for retirement. No. And I also think that like when it comes to retirement, for those of you who are involved yeah, yeah. in the stock market, so I'm okay. talking about like half of, of the other know, half. <laughs> those that do have the 401k that are socking money away every month for retirement, IRA whatever it may be. The idea of how much money do you need is a question that I'm, I'm sure you know you ask all the time. And the idea of having a million dollars at retirement sounds good, right? Sounds like sounds you're set. Sounds really good. A million dollars makes it sound like you're rich, but, but do the math. Now, I haven't done this. Financial planners have done this because, well, you don't, you suck at math. I'm not much I better. I, I'm super. Um, so... 
Most financial planners, what they're going to tell you is like you should have a withdrawal rate of like three or four percent each yeah, year. Okay, that I'm aware of. And so, if you've got a million dollars in your retirement, yep, that means if you're withdrawing three, I'm 4%, withdrawing three percent, thirty to forty thousand dollars a year. That doesn't seem like a lot. Does that sound like you're clinking champagne flutes? You might be eating cat food. So these days, it's not. I mean, you think about much. This, uh, roof over your house uh, had. Uh, Insurance. Well, put it this way: thirty to forty grand. That that, that that's not going to be your retirement dreams, right? You're not walking on a white sand beach somewhere. You're not taking cruises no. on thirty, forty grand a year. You know, if, okay. So if you're looking at okay, you know, so that's 60, a million dollars. If you want sixty to to eighty, okay, grand. Okay, okay. You know, it lowers your blood pressure a little bit there. Um, you're you're staring down the barrel of. Two million. You have two million dollars mm-hmm. in retirement, and you see where we're going here. I, I think this is my only concern about this is I think this actually dissuades people from saving because they say, "Well, I'm never getting to two or three million dollars." So you what? won't if you don't try. That's for sure. I want my marshmallow now. Can I? By the way, I'm hungry. Can we get marshmallows, Steve? Get on this. Don't we have an intern we can send for marshmallows? Minimum. Remind me to tell you about Guatemalan marshmallows sometime. Oh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, they Guatemala stepped its marshmallow game up. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> All right, they are leading in marshmallow technology, as I found out. We've got more Arizona politicians behaving badly. What are they putting in the water down at the Capitol? We're going to be talking about it next on Arizona's news station. Arizona's news station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Speaking of the Capitol, right here in downtown Phoenix, there is something in the water. We have uh, uh, multiple lawmakers in separate uh, scandals. Is that a nice way to put it? Which one do you want to start with? Flip a coin. Even no. I mean, come on. What is going on down there? Ah, uh, let's see. Let, let's start with this one. Let, let's start with uh, Republican Representative David Cook. He's out of Globe, and there have been some ethics complaints that have been, you know, lobbied his way. He apparently had an affair with a married agriculture lobbyist. Okay, and he, he, he represents a district with a lot of ag and farms. Yeah, okay. yeah. So he's having an he's married. He allegedly is having an affair with a married lobbyist. Okay. And, and then uh, and overseas, you know, committees that handle bills involving the lobbyist's organization. And um, it gets into, like, campaign donations. Well, allegedly. Uh, right? Yeah, Do I have to start yeah, everything with yeah, allegedly? Yeah, that, yeah. Allegedly, he made a campaign contribution to the sheriff in Pinal County. While at the same time, the sheriff was involved in confiscating, repossessing farm, farm equipment that the lobbyist he was having an affair, alleged affair with, owned. So that he made a campaign contribution with strings attached, which was, please don't repo this stuff. Right. Is the allegation. Mm -hmm. For God's sakes. It's wrong if it's true. And the ethics complaint warranted if it's true. 
I just like what's what's going on with you have a, a married lawmaker having an affair with a married lobbyist. And that's one story. And you got another story of a former aide to the governor sending apparently like naughty pics of his then girlfriend, who's a state lawmaker, to um, another lawmaker. I mean, like, what is going on down there? Like you said, what is putting what are they putting in the water and why is it all of a sudden become like Match.com? <laughs> Well, the uh, you're running a state, not a dating website. The the Michelle Yagenti Rita. Okay, so, so full stop on the uh, uh, affair, alleged affair with lobbyists. Okay, yeah, now we're going, this is a whole new one. Right. Well, I'm, I'm I'm transitioning. Yeah. The allegation is this time a lobbyist is alleging that the then. Boyfriend, now husband of Senate Senator Michelle Eugenti Rita, sent her inappropriate pictures and was attempting to um, engage in inappropriate behavior with her as a group. Is that a way to put? It? I'm trying to. Why these are. That's not easy to talk about. It isn't. Um, what we have here and is the lobbyist said she believes Townsend, again, then was an aide to the governor, was soliciting her for sex with him and his future wife. And that future wife, State Senate, State Senator Michelle Eugenti Rita, and the guy apparently sent naughty pics of Eugenti Rita to the lobbyist. Now, let me be clear. Eugenia Rita had been cleared of any wrongdoing in all of this. There was an investigation. And her now husband, then boyfriend, apparently acted alone. But if the name Eugenia Rita is striking a chord, and you're like, where have I heard that before? Um, she, she really became like the, the face of the, the Me Too movement down at the state capitol a few years ago, calling out harassment and, and, and leading to an investigation into another state representative, Don Shooter. Remember this? Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, sued him after he raised allegations about her actions towards the lobbyists. I mean, this is like going back and forth. It, it, it's high school. It's inappropriate. Yeah. And I think it's just another really bad example of how lawmakers are behaving these days. But we these just, are allegations. I will acknowledge. I, I'm not, I haven't convicted anybody yet, but there is some smoke here. You think? Okay, I'm being We just fine. got done talking about like the uh, what, State of the Union speech where everybody was acting like children. Ever. Nobody was bathed in glory in the State of the Union speech earlier this week. We had we had the leader of the free world and the Speaker of the House acting like children. And then fast forward and you take a look at what's happening at our own state capitol the over the last I'm going with something in the water. I'm going with something I mean, water. I don't think like politicians are, are like the best of people out there. I, I, some of you are good. Okay, some of you. But... This is just a whole new level. Yeah. Like, we're in uncharted territory here, folks. Fair way to put it. Fair way to put it. We're expecting uh, Trump to hold a, uh, is it a press conference? Is it a speech or it's a soiree? Uh, It's supposed to be happening at 10 o'clock. We will be carrying it live, especially if it starts at 10. If not, we will pick it up as soon as it starts. That's coming up next on Arizona's News Station.